Um, myself and Matt, we do um, chatted through um, the VIP Vocology and Practice uh, Training Pathway, which is for for um, like vocal coaches who are who are training basically um, on anatomy and artistry and all different kinds of things. And this month, coincidentally, we're studying artistry. Um, so myself and Matt bonded over the fact that we both had the same pen and over artistry just at the weekend. Um, so we just decided we might as well yeah. have a chat and, you know, it's of interest to anyone who's following my page. Um, so Matt, do you want to tell people a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Hi guys. Thanks Rebecca for bringing me on. This is great. Um, yeah. So a little bit about me, like, um, I, joined VIP kind of last year we did some conferences together and stuff and um, I kind of got into coaching and artist development through kind of a bit of a weird scattered approach I, um, I've i obviously been a singer since I was young kind of started in kind of classical music and being a chorister and so on and then kind of made my way through performing arts um, and into kind of contemporary music which is obviously where I kind of mainly reside now and um, yeah started coaching a couple of years ago like four or five years ago before then I was working in recording studios so kind of more on the production side but I think that's why I've got an interest in artist development because I kind of see how you know some of the pieces fit together um but I wanted to obviously also look at coaching and I have a deep passion and interest in the voice and you know how magical an instrument that is and the you know the, the things that go on behind the scenes with the voice as well as kind of with artist development so yeah that's why it'd be great for us to have a chat today because we had quite an interesting little chat didn't we a couple of days ago yeah I know it's a really interesting month because I, I feel like with artistry it kind of brings in lots of different elements that you've kind of um gathered through life you know through life experience and and different courses that you've done and your your vocal coach training and your performance experience and all these different experiences you you find yourself in and situations you find yourself in um as a as someone who's interested in the music industry and I'm just curious to know um what where did how did you end up getting into the, the production and that kind of side of things as opposed to going down the artist artist road yourself yeah it's a good question actually because it kind of involves a little bit of going down the artist road, but also, um, you know, I, I I was at uni and at the time I was kind of, I was doing two things at once, which is like I was studying kind of like opera, sort of classical um, baritone singing. Uh, and But at the same time, I also had a band and we were kind of doing funk and rock. So kind of quite opposite sides. One, I was kind of, um, you know, already quite experienced and, you know, did a lot of and then kind of, my other passion for kind of like funk and rock and soul and so on was um, something that was just kind of, you know, something that I loved and something that I wanted to also do and also kind of have as a part of my performing expression. So um, when I was obviously in a band, you know, you meet up in a, in a, a garage sort of studio set up um, and we just kind of got into recording um, just through trying to, you know, do the act of songwriting and getting our own material ready to perform so we'd record some sessions and that kind of started to spike my interest a little bit. And, you know, I think as a kind of, as a front man in a band, sometimes you're a bit like, if all you're doing is singing, you kind of feel a bit like, you know, everyone else is kind of doing something with an instrument and they're kind of messing around. So I kind of got into the kind of production side from, I guess, <laughs> trying to also find another thing to be able to do in the band. And, um, and, you know, there are, there are far better people that, you know, know loads about engineering, but I think 
from the creative aspect of production and working out kind of, you know, the, the, the process of a song and how that kind of goes from a live kind of, we just had the inspiration, we've been doing songwriting to kind of moving into, right, how do we get this into that kind of recorded context and what things, what elements do we have, to, you know, to use and to play with? And I think that's kind of what really spiked my interest would be, you know, kind of being in a band and doing it yourself, DIY, right? I think that's so interesting um, that you said that you ended up getting into the production stuff because you felt like that you wanted to have something else to do other than just singing. And I feel like that's such a thing for singers to mm. feel a little bit um, redundant sometimes in a band. Obviously, we, we sing in the band and we tend to be the centre of the, of the band when we're doing live stuff. But sometimes we do feel a little bit left out and I know sometimes I hold on to my tambourine tightly and it makes me feel like great I'm holding on to my tambourine in the practice but it's really interesting yeah. that you went down the production side because you felt like it just would give you another skill to to kind of contribute in a band situation exactly and I think you know when you kind of step out into the the big bad world of trying to get your feet into the music industry I, I think I saw having production as a skill as kind of another string to the bow, another asset. And that's why, you know, I was like, right, I'm just going to go to London and hand my CV in at various random studios and, you know, pretend to be a, a, one of the studios I ended up working for. I actually pretended that I had a, like, a, uh, like a parcel for them. And I kind of went in and like, you know, this is classic me fashion. I'll just kind of like, you know, force myself in and be like, hey, <laughs> I mean, that sort of thing. And um and hope that they wouldn't take badly to it. But yeah, they did, they did have a spare minute. And that's why I ended up kind of working in, in the studios in, in, uh, in London for kind of over a year. And then at the back of that, um, I kind of realised I was missing something from that kind of um, only being in a studio kind of, you know, a recording studio environment, which is very much like artist comes in, um, they've got a track that's ready, and then they'll record it. And this studio was, um, you know, it wasn't like the most prestigious, but very also professional like we had people coming in from film and tv to do like voice recording it was one of those kind of studios of everything type thing mm -hmm. but when artists would come in and they think they'd have kind of their ep project ready you know i was i was working a lot of the time kind of helping them overcome issues in the studio and kind of feeling confident in that environment and getting the most out of them being in a good you know headspace and also being able to kind of perform and, and go through that side of things and I realized from my side I was not doing as much singing so I wanted to get back into singing and I thought what better way to do that than to actually help people with their singing because that's kind of I saw that was part of what I was adding value to people it was like that nurturing that kind of support mentor mm. and also you know because I'd been a singer I'd been there I'd kind of been through the process learned it myself um, and then you know it just only seemed natural to kind of get into coaching and then I set music alignment which is kind of more about a 360 approach to artist development like looking at your sound your influence and your business and kind of trying to balance those three things out together and work them as kind of you know a three musketeers type thing <laughs> I love it like I just love I love talking to people about how they got into what they got into and mm. And uh, like you went into a studio and got a bit of experience in the studio and we often see ourselves in other people or we see ourselves in situations and we go, oh, that's me there. That's where I could be. Yeah. And then you take that and you take the confidence that you've built and the experience that you've you know, gained from that situation and just take your own 
start your own project because obviously a lot of us have an entrepreneurial streak as well and we want to you know be in yeah. control of what we're doing ourselves and we want to like make our make our vision come through and we all we, we almost see what we like in one situation like you obviously saw something that you liked in the studio but as yeah. you said now you you've expanded that to like a what you say a 360 approach and yeah. I, I know we, we chatted was it last weekend and I was showing you like my little pie chart that I did as I was reflecting on life after COVID <laughs> Um, and you kind of, you know, you split your life into the, the different sections, you know, like uh, money, career and yeah. um, whatever it is. And and I feel like that's kind of on the on the in the realm of what you're doing. But can you tell us about what are the slices of your pizza in that? What's what's on your pizza? You know, what yeah. are those what are those categories that are that you work with? The narrative? 100%. Well, it kind of, you know, only dawned on me recently, um, kind of what I think are like important facets to have as um as as an artist and kind of looking at that balanced picture like you said like the pie chart or whatever like i feel like you're you're doing best when all of those things are kind of in balance right and and obviously the finite resource you have is just your time and your effort so if you can try and you know devote a little bit of time and effort to each of them maybe not all at the same time but definitely like thinking about like, what do I need to address more or less? You know, I think people sometimes think like, yeah, I'm really bad at business and marketing, but it's like, yeah, but why is that important? Or how does that kind of relate to you and your, in your artistry and so on? So yeah, those kind of the kind of the little um, kind of pie chart of things. I came up with um, seven kind of principles that I think work really well um, when you're kind of either starting out or you're trying to work out maybe where you have a problem in the first place. Um, so and, this could be like a band that like has just formed. They have like maybe a set of a set of songs at any stage, demo stage, or maybe they're ready to go into the studio with it, or they think they are, and then yeah. they they come to you because they're like they just need that little bit of something extra, and then this is what you have. Yeah, like a bit of a kind of guidance to go along with mm -hmm. it. You know, I think it's like we were kind of talking about. There's so much to do. Like it's not if this is why record labels existed in the first place because it's a whole business right it's not just yes it's the art and the creativity and that expression and that is what underpins it all because that's like the product or whatever um or that's what people you know connect with that's what the you know the beautiful part of music is but in order for that to get from you know me here with that guitar song to your ears and whatever like that's a whole you know quantum leap in between there and trying to do all mm -hmm. that yourself can be quite difficult so you know, sometimes why people have managers or, or whatever. And I kind of come in, in at the artist development side because, you know, usually that's what record labels used to do, right? They would kind of hedge their bets and kind of, you know, have a bit more money to invest in because obviously, you know, record business was, was had a lot of, of money in it then, um, which it still has, but it's kind of not quite the same equation. So, you know, I'm coming in here and I'm trying to break down what that process was a little bit. So I would say like three things to kind of think about at first to balance before we kind of look at maybe some principles, whatever, would mm -hmm. be that sound, which kind of breaks down into like your songwriting, your performing and your production. Like those three things within your sound are so important to who you are as an artist or as a group, right? If if mm -hmm. your songwriting is on point or you're working with other songwriters, then that's great. You've kind of got that initial thing. Then it's like translating that into making a really mesmerizing performance. Like, how do you kind of get through that and make that something that is? Because eventually, this is going to be part of your 
you know, your career asset, like, oh, they're really good performers, or, oh, the music they make is fantastic. Mm. Um, and part of that kind of final piece is, like, you know, production in the sound side of, of, of the kind of, the three core pillars is what I call it. You've got, like, sound, influence, and business. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, so ha- having the production kind of ties between the two of the performing. You've got performance production, you've kind of got songwriting production, and then that's kind of the overall thing. Um, in your kind of the influence... I'd say that, you know, you're looking at kind of like, what are you, what is the culture that you're working with? Like, what are the, what is your audience? Like, what, what, how do they relate? What are you offering them? You know, why are they coming to you specifically? Who are and you? Which sometimes for? kind of puts people on the back foot. So like, I don't know, I just, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is ultimately why people listen to it in the day. And people sometimes think, well, they just listen to you because they just listen to you. But like, there's always more than just that sort of basic answer. So trying to like work out, you know, what is it? Like, why did I identify with you? Why do you identify with them? You know, that kind of like music is cultural. It's that kind of like um, thing that we flock to that we kind of say, you know, I'm a, I'm a grateful dead fan. Yeah. I'm a dead head. And that, that like comes with a pride and that comes obviously the music, but also the culture of the musicians and all that sort of thing. Um, and then, yeah, you know, right at the end, you've got business, right? Which is kind of like, you know, what's the what value do you create for people? Why do they come to you? Why are they going to be paying for that experience, right? Whether it be a live thing or whether it be a recorded interaction or whether it be some other kind of inventive idea that you've got um, that's kind of another offer of yours, like, you know, part of the wider asset. Like, you know, you could look at it basically like maybe some merchandise or some other product or some other kind of experience that you guys do and that people only come to you for because it's it's a meaning that's in that kind of that listener that fan it's it's um it's something that's kind of valuable to them that they want to come and they can only get from you sort of thing so it's kind of thinking about it a little bit existentially Mm. and then trying to apply it in practically and how do you find um in general working with different artists um how they're which which areas of that kind of chart or those pillars would you find that people struggle with the most because I feel like I know so many amazing musicians um who have not a single bit of business side to them at all they just don't think of that stuff they don't want to know about it yeah. they don't it just makes them anxious if it's not for them they just want to just focus on the creative stuff yeah. But I think in this day and age, we, we do need to be able to kind of self-manage and self-promote to an extent. But a lot of people Amen. don't want to do it. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's exactly. It's difficult. People are clutching on to what they, you know, they're, they're scared of what they don't know. I.e., They're scared of having to try and do this business thing on their own a little bit to start off with anyway. Right. Because before people are interested in you, and this is just sad reality of it, but you need to have already done your own stage of artist development. Mm-hmm. And whether that be like looking at being that kind of full 360 package or, or whatever you want to say, you know, people that, you know, you'll hear people and they say, oh, yeah, they're the real deal. They're the full package. It's everything because, you know, these these groups have really thought about what they're offering and they and they really have kind of condensed their own uniqueness into something that kind of people straight away. They say, right, you know, that's that group or that's that group. And I think when you question with like, where do you see people kind of falling down the most I think um or getting themselves in a kerfuffle it would be it would be looking at like um the business or the marketing and I think it's because they see that as like somebody else's job or or boring or not you know relatable but then you have to find a way 
to um, to connect with that because you know it, it, it is so important nowadays. We are kind of for better or for worse, a little bit more self-contained when it comes to, um, to to launching our own, you know, careers and businesses. That's just kind of, you know, I think we live in an age where we've, we're very enabled. We've got YouTube, we've got all these platforms to learn, to share, to grow. And it's like thinking about how can we use some of them, not all of them necessarily, because, you know, there's so many options out there. It's almost like... <laughs> Overwhelming. Where, exactly, like, where <laughs> do I actually start? Um, so yeah, I think it's. I think all that stems from the best place to look at a lot is kind of like you know your artistic influence and identity because from there you can branch off into sound and, and business kind of aspects because mm-hmm. you know if you really know who you are at the core value at the base root, then the motivation to do all those other things will come out naturally. I think artists are so the hyper aware. And it's why people go to see Adele's or Ed Sheeran's because those people, they know who they are and they're themselves unashamedly. Um, And people go to witness those people because it enables them to feel themselves. You know, Mm. there's that kind of comfort or, you know, it doesn't even have to be like that. It could be, you know, a a heavy metal artist like, you know, like Lemmy, Motorhead. Like you just knew that he was a kick-ass rebel and you could go there and you could feel free when you go and see somebody like that because like mm-hmm. you just can mosh out and just kind of get into it. So all these artists, they're, they are kind of iconic in our lives and it's like, how have they become iconic? Like they, they won't all have sat down straight away and maybe thought like, who am I at an artistic level, right? You know, it's kind of a little bit like Plato sitting there. Like it's not quite like that's how you should start, but always consider it because it will motivate you and it will drive you to do the things that you kind of you're trying to do at least I think I know like even if I think of myself and kind of as you said the artist journey that I have been on or I'm going on or whatever it's very difficult sometimes to um to be confident in your own identity in a sense you're like it's kind of like you have to kind of love yourself a little bit and like not in a kind of a vain way but you have to kind of really be accepting of your own self before you Mm -hmm. can put yourself out there and then allow others to connect with you in that way because as I said you have self-worth you know you have to know what you're worth you have to know and that is a yeah. kind of a form of love, right? Because you kind of, you know it, you identify it. Sorry, anyway, cut in there. No, no, cut in all you like. You're the guest. I want to hear from you. <laughs> They're sick of listening to me talking. <laughs> Another way you just get these antidotes in your head. But um, yeah, I think it's, um, I think there's a lot of artists who are so creative, but they're like, they maybe are a little bit shy or just not that confident in putting themselves out there. So like, how would you, how would you help an artist like that? with that how would you help them overcome that good question yeah good question um so i think like when you're trying to like initiate that initial confidence you've got to think about things that that matter to you that actually like are going to get you out and get you speaking or things you're passionate about i think when you follow a passion the confidence comes quite naturally Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously there has to be you have to be kind of take a leap of faith to kind of speak out about the things that you are passionate about because some people may think oh this is kind of weird or and those are actually exactly the things you need to talk about things that make you weird you Mm -hmm. know that make you stand out and I don't mean like you know superficially you don't have to just come up with you know having a crazy hairstyle or just wearing your clothes inside out (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not like, you're not clickbait, right? Mm-hmm. You're not trying to kind of do that, which a lot of pop artists do to provoke and so on. <clears throat> um, but really those like those strong artistic types, are, uh, they stand up for the things that they kind of really believe in. Um, and that doesn't necessarily have to be like rights and, you know, all this. I don't think some people think you have to have a, a deeply profound thing to to have to say about yourself. But I don't think it is. I think it's just like, um, you know, because you're always becoming something else. You're always kind of, you're never static as a person. So how can you be fully defined and then be like, this is what I stand for? You know, it's kind of like right now. And, and those artists that really stand the test of time are those ones that, they really do kind of develop the persona. They really do kind of move forward, like, you know, David Bowie and, you know, there's so many iterations of who they are and, and there comes a fearlessness with that and you do have to kind of suck it up, embrace the fear that is going to be you being an artist, right? You've mm. you've got to roll with it and as soon, but you'll get that feedback as soon as you kind of put that out there, people come straight back at you and they're like, wow, I just love who you are or, or how you are or why you know you're, you're doing those sorts of things and and they're those really captivating artists and they kind of not they don't know they're doing it because they're aware of who they are so they kind of do know they're doing it they're not putting it on but they're kind of they're just like they've come to terms with who they are or, or, or who they're trying to be or whatever so I think that is where you kind of get confidence it's just like you know, try being fearless, try putting yourself out there. It's going to be a leap. You're going to be vulnerable. If you Mm. don't like being, you know, um, vulnerable, then it's going to be hard for people to connect with you because there needs to be that kind of aspect that people, that people get, you know? So I think that that's it. Yeah. I think that's such a good point to like allow yourself to be vulnerable. Cause I think sometimes we think we have to be kind of like superheroes and like have this, really you know be really confident in ourselves all the time and be perfect all the time and that and sometimes we hold ourselves back because we think we can't put anything out there if it's not perfect and sometimes people like to see the the imperfections because they they're imperfect people are imperfect we're all imperfect you know yeah we have to embrace that side of ourselves and I, even when I think of um like art, so one of the first artists that I kind of noticed um was uh James Vincent McMorrow do you know that guy no, I don't actually. Tell he's, me. He's, he's me. really cool. He's really cool. Um, he's kind of a, a folk artist, but he's like, that's just a really broad term nice. for him, but his music is cool. I'll send you some stuff afterwards. But he he would have been quite a shy person from yeah. what I could see on social media. And he didn't really, never put up his own picture and things like that. Um, and then I noticed the change in him. It was actually after he had, um, I think it's just, he had a little boy. And I, I felt like, I don't know if it's like the whole birth of a son, like this helped him just be like, you know, I'm just going to yeah. be myself. And yeah. and now he puts himself out there and he talks about his anxieties and his, you know, his worries yeah. and his, you know, all those things. I think it's it's okay to like, to share that stuff with people because we're all Definitely. so similar. We really are. We don't have to be perfect all Definitely. the time. We don't have to be the Beyonce of the world. Like, <laughs> we don't have to be that person, no. you know? Definitely not. And and I always think that when we, we, you know, we look up to these artists and these people we kind of aspire to be and so on. But, you know, although we might not see that projection of, of you know, we just see the tip of the iceberg of success. We see who they are, mega successful, mega rich, mega whatever. 
And we don't realise that there was a huge journey to get to that point. And it did have the downs and the ups. And you have to go through that, like, you know, diamonds are made with pressure. Corniest phrase ever. I always but, do you that. Know, <laughs> <laughs> I actually yeah, do. <laughs> I've actually got it next to my sink. I've got, like, a little thing that's a gift that someone's given us where we keep our sponges and all that shit. And um, yeah. and it says that on it. And I'm just, I look at it every time, like, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Or, or pressure yeah, is not for tires is another one. <laughs> I don't know if that's more of an Irish one, but uh, <laughs> oh no, pressure is pressure is only for tires. That's what it is. <coughs> it's only for tires, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's that's great that that guy, you know, that the artist, he kind of maybe part of that, you know, coming coming a parent. You kind of. I was chatting to my dad actually weirdly about you know being a parent i'm not going to be a parent anytime soon but we were just having you're like just just yeah. <laughs> i've got Ooh. some news <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> yeah exactly doing this live yeah i know yeah <laughs> um, but no yeah he was just talking about you know how that when you kind of become a parent you you start to think about yourself less and, and i and sometimes i think when you kind of let go of of um you know needing to be kind of um held up to a certain standard you kind of and especially i imagine like having a child it kind of takes you completely out of your own headspace for, for quite a long time and then mm-hmm. suddenly you don't have that kind of insecurity anymore because you're like well you know i can't i'm i'm trying to be the best version of myself for my kids so therefore i should be the best version of myself and then whoa suddenly you know that's kind of falls into place and yeah that, that I mean it must be one of the most profound experiences that you ever have kind of becoming mm-hmm. a parent yeah um so I imagine that is a transformation and I do kind of I do overuse the word transformation maybe but I do think that's kind of you know when you're talking about like superheroes and how we think that artists are like that and in a sense they kind of are a little bit like that they are that mm-hmm. kind of that person that dares to be or that they have that strength of character or they have that asset that we wish we had and and kind of like you know how there are heroes and legends in ancient songs and you know and and folk and stuff like that it's the same thing it kind of relates to that kind of human need and desire to look up and kind of and 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 gain it so you know there's no harm in starting that journey now and kind of taking those steps and making those mistakes and I think people want to be perfect straight away and there is there is beauty in, in imperfections like you were talking about um, and obviously ultimately we're, we're trying to you know make fewer mistakes as we get along and um, but don't worry about that like you know it's called playing music it's about experimenting it's this is why we do this it's just you know reconnect with that love with that passion again and that's why I think it kind of comes down to that kind of identity and influence and when you kind of understand your core values you know this is almost a life thing it's not even a, a music thing right what gets you out of bed what's going to make you care about that thing that you do you know it's kind of like when you realize the things that kind of get you going when everybody has them they just you're not always aware of them right absolutely and I think as well um I know for, with social media it kind of um, it kind of connects us with so many more people like so we follow these people like that we admire and that or that we that inspire us or that motivate us or whatever it is and you know why do we follow them because 
they're putting up content. Okay, I know the word content is a bit like shallow, but it's content. Yeah. It's like they're putting up, they're sharing um, music, they're sharing stories, they're sharing, they're opening up, they're they're showing everything, and that's why we follow them. So we should just put ourselves out there and like, you know, not fear it. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Sorry, my, my chair is a bit squeaky. I'm just that's all right. A bit. <laughs> um, I feel like I don't think artist development is like such a huge thing in Ireland. Um, I definitely don't know any bands who've worked with any artist development um coaches in Ireland. Um, but I guess. I think I, I would imagine that, you know, um, artists like bands and, you know, solo artists might be maybe a bit afraid that like they that you might take them and like change them into this thing that they're not or like try and make them wear these certain clothes or, you know. So how does that yeah. work? Yeah, I mean, control do you have um, none? I think I think it's just like, you know, you're there to, you know, it, it is your, it, I think it is kind of your role to kind of shake things up. But that doesn't mean it has to be that way. It's just like, you know, if you've got to a point where you're feeling like you're doing things that are not making a difference, then of course you need something to come in and, and maybe readdress that. You know, just like you go to a doctor and be like, I'm, I'm doing this thing and, it's like, and they tell you something where well, you probably shouldn't do that. It's that part of your lifestyle is affecting that part of your health. I, I kind of see it as, as the same way. Obviously, I'm not a doctor or anything like mm-hmm. that. But, you know, you... You, you come to seek help from people when you kind of feel like you, you're, you're doing this, some things, but they, they're maybe not working for you. So you kind of readdress that kind of strategy or model that you have. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no kind of control. You know, I always, some people kind of mistake me sometimes as like a manager, which I, I don't think I have the experience or the, um, the kind of current skill set to, to be. So, you know, it's, it, it it's not that at all. It's not kind of coming in and changing the game. It's kind of like, it's like, I imagine it's similar to being an A&R, right? But you, you, you know, I feel like my stance is that I'm more of a, of a creative, right? At, at heart and kind of, and at skill level. So rather than kind of being so focused on the business, I kind of try and tie in how the, how you can be kind of creatively looking at your, you know, artist development, right? So it's, mm-hmm trying to make it not just a dry topic you know it's like how do you kind of look at that from a foundational way like you know looking at your identity or looking at your motivation or maybe let's look at what kind of habits you're doing like how what sort what's like your activity routine what are you doing all the time you know how often are you writing songs how often are you recording what how are you doing that you know it's like there are all these different parts we just kind of do them automatically and we and you don't it's not it'd be draining if you had to think, right, this is my timetable now, I'm going to do this. It's not really that. It's like looking at, at the overall picture, right? And seeing where there might be something that you're kind of not fully executing. Or like maybe you kind of, you, you're maybe you're like a performing artist, right? And you're in a covers band and you've kind of got your project on the side. Um, but it's not, you're not feeling the inspiration as much with it. So it's like, how do you kind of get back into that writer's self that you are and kind of looking at different creative techniques and a way of overcoming potentially if you feel like you're in a writer's block, like how do you kind of get out of that? Um, and that might be like, right, let's go back. Let's look at your core values. Let's look at your kind of identity, your influence. And then that might start informing your writing again and kind of undoing those blocks. And, you know, no one's perfect. I've, I've been through stages myself, like where I've kind of, you know, lost touch with my kind of creative self and I've become 
maybe too professional and it's like it's good to sometimes readdress your own way of doing things like maybe i have to go back a step to go forward too right maybe i have to readdress why am i kind of not feeling as motivated well maybe it's because i'm spending too much time doing something that doesn't motivate me which sounds stupid but we're all privy to these things we form a habit we do it and then we're like oh okay well actually maybe that's not advantageous to be doing that anymore sort of thing so yeah, yeah there's there's so many different things and trying to be a constant explorer of your own your own process you know and and, and look towards the next things as well as kind of and the back and how are you goal setting and all this sort of stuff that I feel like almost kind of crosses over with your own personal development which you know obviously you're well on the journey you know mm-hmm. well the way through the journey you're kind of juggling many balls of you know all in a focused direction juggling many things but like you're gonna you're doing so many things to kind of develop diff, these different things you know addressing your weaknesses maybe mm-hmm. and kind of taking them forward so yeah it's it's, it's that I feel like we all have the answers within us. That sounds very philosophical, but I really mm. feel like we do have the answers within us. But sometimes yeah. the the grind of daily life and the stresses and the kind of all the, the things that we're thinking about, um, we're trying to find solutions to things on a daily basis. Our brain is too, too busy. And I feel like the artist development coach could really be the person to go, okay, it's almost like meditation. It's like, the answers will come to you. Let's just let's yeah. just try get the flow and let's get those answers out of you. They're in there, but you know the right questions to ask. Yeah, Even if we don't know the right questions to ask ourselves. Definitely, definitely, and you know it, it's it's a constant game of of you know searching and and then nurturing and trying to get like you know feedback, people's opinions. So you know it's I don't have all the answers by any stretch. You know, no nobody does, right? And this is why you just keep trying new things. And if that's like working with, you know, an artist development coach and looking at your creative development, but also maybe aspects of your kind of strategic development, then, you know, that's going to be a good thing for you to do. But maybe at the same time, you don't need that or you need something else. You know, you need maybe something, something more, maybe more the publishing link because you've found that the thing that motivates you the most is is writing music and getting it out there, but maybe not for yourself, but also you just write loads of music. It could mm. be that sort of thing. And I think we, 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 we see a template in the industry where it's like, we need to be the artist or we need to be this. And we kind of become um, a, a solo character. We don't kind of have other aspects of, of the way that we have a career. Like, you know, you might be a songwriter, you might also be, um, you know a session musician you might also be all these things and this really is what's going to drive you to kind of be your true artistic self because you know if, if you look at kind of your four centers in your life um you know I, I go through this as kind of the beginning stages and when I kind of try to initiate um you know new new people to understand their kind of core values and um, you know look at like an ikigai model which is a Japanese kind of reason for being where it looks at um, you know the top stage, which is um, you know what you're what you're good at, what you're actually good at, what you um, what you love, um, your needs, and then at the bottom like um, the reward that you're going to get in life. And kind of when these fourth you know concentric circles overlap, that's when you're kind of your truest self, right? And like mm-hmm. you say, answers are kind of within, and they and they are. And it's that kind of voyage into self-discovery where you kind of bring these things out and you feel like 
yeah, I'm doing the right thing. And, and suddenly things feel a bit more effortless and, you know, and, but there's that kind of template where we think we have to be the artist. And actually when you look at something in kind of four circles, you realize, wow, there's so many parts to my character, my personality. And I Mm. don't only need to be defined by that kind of one thing, you know, we're scared of being not generalist, but we're scared of having more than one attribute. We Mm. think we have to be specialist, but even look at like Beyonce's, they're like big business women, you know, Mm -hmm. they, they're obviously, they're really talented performers, um, but they use loads of songwriters. So maybe that their skill is not so much in writing, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, but they do have facets and they do more than one thing, but we might only look at their kind of, you know, their kind of stronger identity, which might be their performing essence, right? So Matt, um, tell me, have you got an artist that you've worked with that mm-hmm. you felt so like you had like such a a breakthrough moment with them and maybe someone who's like who came such a long way and really that you really helped transform them? you got like and you don't have to say their name if you don't feel comfortable mm-hmm. but even just if you have an example of someone that came in and you really they really just like took your advice and it turned mm-hmm. around for them and you know yeah, a definitely. success story is what I want to hear. Yeah, a success, success story. story. Yeah, <laughs> great. Love it. Um, I would say somebody kind of from last year that I worked with, uh, I'll, she won't mind me mentioning her name. She's called Rem. And she um, was on the Voice Kids. At, well, she was looking at going on the Voice Kids at the time. Uh, she'd already kind of uh, released um, a bit of like a demo of her playing piano and singing. And she just has such a... Um, kind of a uniqueness to her voice um that I thought you know this is great I'd love to work with this person you know they're they're keen to kind of and they they had something kind of specific to work on at the time which is like you know I want to get through the audition stages so we kind of looked a lot at um you know performance coaching and and uh, her vocal identity all things that you know are kind of important for kind of big competition things like this and I'm not by any means saying that these are the things you should be doing mm-hmm. I think it worked for her because she realized that she she wanted kind of a bit of a challenge like she was in kind of you know countryside part of the world and she wanted something to kind of um, you know challenge her and I think she had a healthy mindset about that she wasn't like um you know like oh, I have to do this this is my everything she was like I know I'm going to learn something through this and at the humble age of like I think she was turning 15 at the time um I would just thought wow this person is incredibly mature and she you know I remember our first session she just like plowed on like we did like two hours in one and I was like wow this you know this girl's got an exceptional mm. work rate um and she's like hungry to learn and you know just the kind of the right balance of everything so um yeah the way what what she kind of took on I think through doing that she got to the what's called like the battle stages um where you kind of you're already in a team and she was with Danny um and then at that point she didn't make any further and like it was a young Irish kid actually bloody Irish no, <laughs> a young Irish kid who who you know he had stacks of charisma and I think mm-hmm he sort of fit the show better, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, I wouldn't say, you know, that Ren was less good because it's mm-hmm. not, you can't really compare on these shows, but, no. you know, he captured the audience better than she did mm-hmm. at the end of the day, mm-hmm. right? Um, and maybe her own sound didn't fit the bill quite as well, which is, which is great. It's such a valuable thing to learn. Like people realise that actually 
a no can be a yes in another part of your life. You know, mm. we think we have to kind of have this straight trajectory. So anyway, um, after that project, um, she she was writing, you know, lots of music. And, you know, we'd have sessions where it'd be kind of very like, right, you know, you're going to be doing this in front of a million people or whatever, you know, the kind of pressures on type thing. But, <laughs> just you know, a million tr- people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just look at the camera sort of thing. But yeah, huge amount of respect for her doing that. I think such a massive thing. And, and she's not like the most showy-offy, confident, like... She's not what you imagine. Like I went there when she went on her first, well, not her first, her last audition, and there's such a range of different kind of kids there, different backgrounds, different mm-hmm. personalities, different sort of thing. And, and she's actually really quite meek, and you know, she's, you know, she, she kind of has her own anxieties about things, and yeah. she's not, she's, she's kind of very human, very relatable like that. Like a, she's awesome. Um, and <laughs> you're a fan. <laughs> yeah, definitely a fan. Yeah, number one. No, <laughs> but she, she, she took everything, you know, from the kind of the coaching side and we did lots of kind of writing sessions together as well in between that. And then it, I didn't want her to feel like she'd failed or anything like that. Cause I, I really don't think she had, I think actually she kind of went on this accelerated curve and then like everything in life, you can't keep going like that, right? Mm-hmm. There, there, there's either a down spike or a flat or a whatever. Yep. Um, and she left competition, uh, her grandfather, sadly passed away during this time and um she just wrote an epic song um that i was just like wow like we need to record this and Mm. why don't we also you know record um an ep whilst we're at it so she kind of just took all of this kind of in her stride and you know I, i went to to visit her to get her to kind of record and then i brought her to a studio and she worked with one of my um, producer associates um, JP and they kind of you know finished the production on these two of the songs she recorded her voice in the studio like her own project her own vision her own music and I just think that at that age and you know she just smashed it I just think she really smashed it and she was open she was like a sponge she just wanted yeah, to she, learn exactly. exactly she was like a sponge and and we all have those times where we can be hyper absorbed um, by something like something really mm-hmm. captures and we've just really driven and uh, yeah she massively took a step forward you wow. know she's she's doing a bit of her own stuff at the moment like she's exploring her own artist development really mm-hmm. important you know it's not about having someone handhold you the whole time you know mm-hmm. sometimes I'll work with somebody for three months for six months or then they might come back after a certain amount of time or or whatever you know it's it's kind of trying to work out from a consultation level what they need, you know, yeah. centered around them rather than me trying to sell them something, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, yeah, that's... Uh, Ren was just awesome. And, and you can go and check her out, like, Ren Snaith, N-S-N-A-I-T-H. Um, she's on Instagram. She's on, She's got her stuff on Spotify. I'll obviously. pop her links in. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly, yeah. Stuff. yeah. Yeah, that's cool, though. Yeah, did... did um. What, did they play her, one of her songs at one of the VIP podcast yeah. or something? Yeah, yeah I, I, I think and I recognise it. All right, she's a real, she's a real kind of a soft voice. Am I remembering correctly? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, fab, yeah, yeah. Her exactly. She, she, she's not the sort of like top belter that you would get on well, a really show unique. like The Voice. Mm. Yeah, but exactly. I thought she had a voice, right? Yeah. Rather than it kind of being a focus on ability, which I think some of these competition shows, for better or for worse. Um, do really focus on they just focus on people who just can 
you know, sing Kissy High Notes or yeah, Riff, riff, or, riff day, or Sight of <laughs> which wasn't really Ren's style, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, so I just think that it was awesome for her to do it because you know she she um, she learned stuff about herself, which That's is amazing. invaluable. That's yeah. really cool, and you and you probably learned so much through the process with her as well as a coach. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, definitely. Learning, a, you know, we all of our stuff was online, and this was before COVID, darling. So this <laughs> this was we were, we, were, we were learning, you know, how to how to, to write together, how to, you know, it was, it was hugely formative for me. I really thank her mm. for the opportunity to work with her, you know, which sounds yeah. like a weird thing to say to somebody many years your junior, but it's, you know, it's not like that. When you're working on something together, it's it's a mutual thing. Totally. And I, I don't know what, what exactly you said, but a thought came into my mind about comparison. Um, mm. And I feel like that's probably one of the biggest killers of our artistic selves. Yeah. If we compare ourselves to other, we're just not yeah. going to go anywhere because... We're not going to be anyone else. We can only ever be ourselves. Sinead O'Connor, nothing compares to you, right? Yeah, there you go. S- sweetly little Irish girl. <laughs> I know, little Irish girl. Much wisdom about her. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, if it's we can mad. all think that about ourselves, nothing compares to you, then suddenly it's like, wow, there is no other me. <laughs> mm. Even with my boringness. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all boring sometimes, right? Yeah, As exactly. always, we be yeah. like entertainers 24-7. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But um, so I guess now we could talk a little bit about you've got a, this is how I ended up asking you to come on for a chat because yeah. we, we were just chatting about the course and stuff, um, our, our VIP course that we're both yeah. in training with um, at the weekend. And you mentioned that you have a course coming out and I thought it'd be really nice to come on and like talk a bit about we've kind of talked a lot about what artist development is and kind of how it can help an artist. So that will give people an idea of what they can get from a, a course like this. So do you want to tell people about the course? Sure. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a course in progress. That's the way I like to think of it. And mm-hmm. I've I've called it the complete artist challenge because I feel like, and it, for me, challenges really motivate me. If I can sink my teeth into a challenge and mm-hmm. you know feel like I'm building up for something and then I'm kind of getting it back, um, that's great. So I've kind of broken this um, complete artist challenge into a seven day kind of continuous event. So it will be an opportunity for people to look at all the different aspects of their own artistry, develop their own artist development and really kind of get back in touch with things so that basically for next year 2021 they can hit the ground running because I strongly believe that you know there is a desire for live music there is a desire for musicians we saw it at the beginning of lockdown when there was the the worldwide zoom um video recording of the Foo Fighters cover and I just think that like it's such a powerful thing and basically people are missing it and it's going to be wanting to come back in droves next year so this is my kind of way to get people motivated inspired again and hopefully learn some practical things so that they can be ready for 2021 make it a year of their career that's what I'm saying I think this is like the perfect time for personal and self-development and for a course like this because there are no gigs happening you know there's so much yeah. that we can't do but it's like use that time now to 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 upskill to practice to to have more time to be creative you know yeah 100 percent, 100 and like I'll, I'll just because people be like what is the challenges i'll break yeah. it down a, a little bit um which is basically like um i'd use a imagine which is like a little mnemonic of mine um which is a little kind of template which is obviously seven letters i m a g i i'm now reading it out loud because i'm dyslexic <laughs> m e right so you know the first day's challenge is about kind of identity and trying to initiate that for them so some people 
you know, on the challenge will be from different kind of levels of progress through their own artist development. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of looking at overarching principles and then people can hopefully apply that to any stage. So the first day will be, you know, looking at that Ikigai model, um, which is Japanese. It's not mine. I'm just using it because it makes sense. And it's kind mm-hmm. of looking at your core values and getting an, an awareness of maybe where you're going to start or, or, you know, physically understand what you're trying to do here understand your why i think is so important so that's what the first day is about the second day once you've got those core values i think you can use them to create a bit of a um, a motivational strategy for you so if you look at these things that you like doing you can kind of create habits from them and you know i balance that out with the three core pillars that we kind of already discussed so that they can try and apply that to their own artistry and their own artist development um, day three is kind of a, a bit of a, a more practical day where I've called it the activate day where we look at kind of training um, where I kind of, you know, get into that day will be more about vocal coaching and um, and performance sort of side of things. So it might even be cool to have you come on on that day and kind of give your, your two cents. Yeah, And then lovely. there's a day, day four is kind of a little bit of a rest day. It's about goals. Um, it's about um, I've set people kind of their own kind of exercise under their own steam and then I will be offering some kind of one-to-one sessions if people want to dive into those then day five is about inspiration creativity like I said already looking at different ways to you know assess your own creative development whether that be kind of a songwriting or it be like a a personal thing or whether that be um, performance creativity and then day six is nurturing um, a connection with an audience so we kind of already talked about that so I won't go into that too much mm-hmm. and then the final day is kind of uh, explore day like looking at your process looking at your next steps defining kind of what your your stages of success are and each of those days comes with a little kind of custom challenge and people can mm-hmm. go and check that, them out on their Instagram or on the event landing page or whatever. So just to give people an idea about like the format, so it's going to be on yeah. Zoom and is it like yeah. group, kind of a group It's a group Zoom thing, yeah, session? it will be, be very similar to what people can see here today, um, mm-hmm. apart from there might be a couple of slides um, dependent on the session, some days might be more interactive, but yeah, mm-hmm. it'll be one, one hour a day of their time with me and then as much time as they want to put in, I reckon no less than another hour, so people can dedicate two hours, which during this time a lot of people can quite easily do. And obviously, mm-hmm. the more they put in, the better it will be. And at the end of that, there will be a £250 coaching prize from me, um, which is voted by the other contestants. So it's completely you know, fair, non-biased. People will you know, um, just think you know, who's put the most effort in or who's had the biggest transformation through this or who's yeah. challenged themselves the most. So it, it's a real opportunity to to um network with other like-minded people people who are on maybe similar paths maybe a different point in the path but similar um and to exchange ideas and to brainstorm and to be inspired and all that stuff yeah 100 percent. all all of that good stuff you know i I will I, i might even change some of the challenges if i feel like the group are too good or whatever you know or mm-hmm. you know, so it's it's not fixed um each of those days will be about those topics but the challenges might vary slightly just kind of dependent on what people need to challenge them right yeah i love it and i i think um that's what i love about the the vip pathway is the mm. fact that you can connect with other people who are you know on, on a similar pathway to you and you can learn from them 
and you can you, you can ask them questions and then you realize oh so the things I was worried about they're worried about too and you know you can ask advice and yeah. be motivated and learn and it's, it's so much um so beneficial working in group situations you know when you can really like connect with other people and you never know you might end up working with them in in the future like you might end up doing a collab or something exactly That'd be cool. and that's it it's all about collaboration baby so I think like as as much people can get out of the challenge itself they'll get out of the people they'll get out of you know th- there's already people on on the you know the sign up list who are kind of from different sides of artistry like people who are kind of dj singers and kind of in electronic music there's people who are in just kind of vocalists r&b like just like different worlds completely kind of so and different disciplines not it's not only just about singing um, but it, there's a lot about singing in the kind of activation day. So yeah, there's there's mm. stuff for everybody there, and I really wish the best for people. And I want to help people. You know, it's a difficult time to be a musician right now, and anything that we can do to help a brother or a sister out, I think is is a great thing. So that's kind of my motivation for doing it, and to challenge myself, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's there's so much value in in us as coaches as well. Um, yeah. putting on these courses and trying things out because we learn so much ourselves and it's all about continuous professional development yeah. we always want to be learning we want to try and be sponges for as long as we could possibly be you know yeah yeah exactly I added a link um directly to your web page with that talks nice. all about the course and people can sign cool. up at that link as well if they want to yeah. so like you know really do go and check it out if you're somebody who who is on the, your, your artist journey at, at any level and you feel like you might need, you might be inspired by or like, you know, um, get something from uh, taking a course like what Matt is putting on, then check it out and sign up because uh, Matt's a cool guy and um, I think really now is like a perfect time for, for doing any kind of these courses. So Cool, that's, that's so, you know, so kind of you to say. And, um, you know, thank you so much. I really enjoy everything that you're doing. I'm looking forward to learning with you as well on this journey, Rebecca. It's it's uh, it's great, and thank you so much for you know giving me some airtime. <laughs> You're welcome, God. I, I I'll just share this now, but um, I think I mentioned to you in our, our chat at the weekend. But like doing this podcast was kind of a part of my own personal development, mm. you know. And I wanted to to kind of put myself out there and just you know break through any anxieties I had about doing that. And it, and it, and it definitely is helping, you know. It's it's yeah. um, I'm growing from it. Exactly. That's why we do these mad things, isn't it? Because yeah. we know that through this pain and all this kind of fear actually will become something else. So, yeah. Yeah. Telling you, we're going to be some shiny diamonds at the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thanks so much for um, for tuning in. Um, I'm hoping to have somebody else on maybe next week or the week after. So keep an eye on the page. Matt, if you want to like, hang on for a second and we can just have a quick debriefing Oops. after I finish the live video. <laughs> Thanks a million guys and I will talk to you soon.